Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. So hi everyone, Kevin McDonald here and welcome to today's interview. And I'm really excited because I've got two people online who are doing really great stuff in property. Now, they're also managing to do this while still also holding down full-time jobs. And for a lot of people, when they're starting in property, they think, can I really do property while I'm in a job? So let's dig into some of that today. So I'd like to welcome Mary Osmond and Andrew Thomas. So hi, Mary. Hi, Andrew. Thank you for joining us today. So um, guys, for anyone who's listening in, just tell each of you individually, I guess, tell us a little bit about um, your your journey. So before property, um, maybe how what jobs you're in at the moment. Are you in the same job as you were before you started property? And then also um, why you've decided that you want to get into property. So over to you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. You know, been working as architects for quite a long time. Um, we knew the business, we knew the industry very well, but we never thought about property development as a strategy or anything of the sort, really. Yeah. We were just working very, very long hours as architects. And um, in 2015, decided to um, quit our jobs and go traveling. Um, so, <laughs> so we did that, and um, I think it was within a week of us traveling that we we met people on the road, didn't we? Who were um, yeah. doing lots of other things. Yeah, it was like, that was the kind of real eye drop, uh, you know, kind of eye dropping moment and mind blowing mind blowing moment where we met these people who this twenty two year old who'd never had a never had a real job and was just working off his laptop traveling traveling the world and it was like whoa this kind of whole new opportunity is available to us and so when we got back from traveling we actually moved to Australia for a couple of years and it was over there that um, we started to kind of explore all these options of what we might be able to do and started listening to podcasts I started listening to you know following Rob and uh, Mark on Progressive and then Kane you know, decided let's move back to the UK and try and give this this whole property property thing a go so Came back in 2018, and that's when that's when we jumped in. Um, but as we said before, we're still so we're not working in the same jobs, but we're still working as architects. So I still work full time, and Mary works as a lecturer teaching architecture at the a couple of the universities in England. Yes. So when when you came back to the UK um, and you think that I'm going to get started in property, did you own your own home at the time, or were you like sort of renting? Had you any property experience whatsoever? No, we had nothing, which um, at the time started quite, you know, started off for us as being quite difficult because we, like I said, didn't have our own home. We hadn't been in the UK for three years, so we were struggling with, like, proving that we basically didn't really exist in the UK system, if you, if you know what I mean. Um, but then, obviously, there's so many so many opportunities out there that, that, you know, we were able to get started with a rent-to-service accommodation business to start with because that, was, that wasn't you know, an, an avenue that was open to us. 
Yeah, and I think it's it was really nice to to be able to listen to podcasts to actually come to Masopi and actually understand there's so many different ways to um, invest in property. And you know what you teach Kevin all the time um, is that there's so many streams of income and you don't have to actually own your own house. So for the first year when we came back, we actually did rent to service accommodation um, to get our foot in the door and to get some cash flow going. Um, And then as soon as the year was up, we could start buying houses. Awesome. So um, that first deal, so for a lot of people getting that first property is the the most difficult one or the biggest challenge. So um, what was the first deal? Obviously, serviced accommodation on a, on a rent-to-rent basis. For any, anybody listening in and wondering what rent-to-serviced accommodation is, you literally take control of somebody else's property. You give them a, either a guaranteed rent or a profit share on that deal, and then you run it either on a HMO basis, a single-let basis, or a, a serviced accommodation basis. You could even do it with commercial. So, um, obviously, Miriam and Andrew started off with serviced accommodation on that basis. So, what was the first deal? How did you secure it? Um, and sort of what sort of income does that give you as a, a month? What like the profit per month from that first deal? And how did you feel once you've got the keys to that first house, I guess? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. So it it the first deal is the hardest one you do. So you're absolutely on point. And um, it took us, so I think we did the course, um, service accommodation course in November. And it took us until about January too. So it took us three months. So I was doing viewing after viewing after viewing. I think I went to about 90 to 100 viewings before somebody said yes okay I'll hand over my house to you and so it took a lot of perseverance and it took about three months to actually um, secure that deal and then that all uh, as soon as that you know they kind of they say your first one the other ones come rolling so as soon as we got our first one then the other one came and um so you know you just got to kind of open the door and as soon as you open the door you become more confident about selling yourself and selling yourself as a brand and as something kind of more than uh, more than you are so yeah it it took a lot of effort took a lot of persuasion as well because service to um sorry rent to a service accommodation isn't something very easy to tell somebody um you know i'm going to take over your property but i promise you i'm going to look after <laughs> it for you <laughs> Um, I think that first property, a lot of it's the mindset and the belief that you can do it, and that's why the second one starts to come a lot quicker because you, you're like, well, I've proved I can do this now, and believing you've got that belief in yourself. Um, in terms of what what, what was it like? Yeah, it was an amazing feeling to actually get the keys, and that property, you know, back pre-COVID was providing us about seven hundred seven hundred and fifty pound a month profit from the service accommodation route. Um, we put it onto a single let um, when COVID first hit in the lockdown last year um, to cover the expenses. So, um, and that's now we've now ended that agreement because we've gone off onto and into another avenue. But yeah, when it, when we first got it in in the you know before COVID was about, it was very profitable for us and really helped us to generate that cash flow to use to buy property with. You've inter- some interesting points there. If if I dig in on you, said you did like odd ninety odd viewings before you got your first deal. And I meet people, I meet people a lot, and they're like, I, I can't make rent to rent work, or I can't make single buy buy to let work, or whatever. And then I dig in and I go, How many houses have you viewed? Oh, well, I viewed four. 
Yeah, like you've viewed four houses. <laughs> you, you've just not done enough viewings yet. And I want to just really um, you know, congratulate you for that because there, there is that saying we always say, which is winners never quit. Quitters never win. Winners never quit. And to keep going and to have that belief, that mindset to go for 90-odd viewings. And you, you, you clearly have a strong why. You clearly had um, the belief and the drive, even though the, the belief goes up when you get the first deal. So um, what's that? what is your driver? What's your sort of why? Is it, is it more travel? What is it that, that made you keep going to get that key? Because trust me, a lot of people would quit before 90 viewings. And, yeah. and the only way you fail is when you quit. Yeah, I think we've got just um, a few ones really. The main, the main one is travel for us, isn't it? Yeah. To be able to kind of support ourselves with property and be independent of the location we are. Um, another thing that we're really strong believers of, because we're both architects, is just great designing great spaces. We're in love with designing great spaces and, you know, designing these spaces for people to live in. And that's why we started to buy our own properties as well, um, is because we believe in great spaces and doing well for you know, for for um, for you know the England market who d- doesn't have enough properties and enough houses, and to bring uh, rundown houses and make them absolutely beautiful and stunning for people to live in, I think that's a great thing to do. Yeah, one of my one of my also is is where there's where there's a will there's a way. She's definitely got the will. I I would have known you were an architect even um, if you hadn't told me because you're living in the Amazon. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> this is Mary's child. This, this is uh... <laughs> yeah. So, just um, before, be, be, now that you're sort of you're you're managing to run your architecture business, you're working in architecture, both of you, and you're doing property. Um, what would you say to anybody who's thinking, "I'm in a full time job. Can I really do property while I'm in a full time job? Is it possible to get started?" What What would you say to people that are thinking, "Can I?" <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think I think there's got to be some understanding that it's probably not going to be as quick as if you were full time in pro. So I think you've got to you've got to understand that and accept accept that. But um, it's just about for for us, all we focus on is what you know, doing one thing every day that moves the business forward. And as long as we've done that, we're you know we're a step further ahead than the day before. It's not about, you know, slogging five hours every night. It's about what's that one thing you can do and it's maximizing your time. So what can you do in your lunch break? Can you, you know, do, can you be more effective with your day job so that you can free up more time to, to, you know, phone a state agent in your break on your lunchtime? Just whatever you can do, just squeezing something in and just having, setting the bar low, that one thing every day. If you do three things, then great, but just one thing, Every day, that's going to mean that you're one step further ahead than the day before. That that's amazing because that's exactly what I did in 2013 and 14. I stayed in my job. I did things on my lunch break before I started work. A little bit after work, and I did one thing every day. So, um, it's it, that is such valuable advice for anybody listening to this. Is quite often people get overwhelmed with too much to do. So, um, over the last, you started sort of 20. When was when did you attend your first event at Progressive? What date was that? It was towards the end of 2018, wasn't it? Yeah, September 2018, it would have been. Yeah. Right, so, and then you did the service to... So you did the service to accommodation training. Have you done any other training then as well? We've um, done um, the JV, the joint venture one as well. 
Yeah, and we came down to Shaz's tax day as well, um, yeah. just before the COVID lockdown happened. So Yeah, and then we got mentorships for doing. So we moved on from um, after we uh, were very comfortable with service accommodation and it got a bit more systemized with um, with us. Um, we wanted to buy property and it was a year after we'd um, returned to England. So we had proof of, you know, um, tax and everything like that uh, and income. So we started to look at HMO as a strategy and started to buy um, houses to uh, to do up. Um, and that's when we got mentorship as well. Okay, so then... What um you got you started off with the rent to rent basis. Now you're doing joint ventures and buying. Very similar journey to me. I did a rent to rent start and I started buying and um, using using joint venture joint ventures and private finance. So that was 2018 when you came and did your first event. We're now sort of um almost three years on. So what what have you what's what does um the property business look like now in terms of um, is it is it HMO specifically now? And then I guess what's that longer term plan as well? So what's next for you? So yeah, we we kind of skipped the buy to let, so to speak, and went into the HMO stuff. Um, being architects, we needed something that was a bit bit juicier than uh, some wall on, some paint on the walls and some new carpets. So we jumped into the HMOs. Um, so that's our that's our prime business business now, um, and the future is is going up into the bigger stuff, going into development and things like that. We're, we're trying to look at getting into commercial conversions into flats and things like that. So that's the long-time goal for the next couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. And I think once you get into the property world, so many so many doors, you know, once you have that first deal, whether it's buying or renting, once that door opens up and you get into the communities and you get to the world of property, people are so supportive and so many doors open up to you. You know, we've been so um, kind of busy uh, by not only buying our properties, getting investment, but also uh, so many people have approached us about doing their you know, doing their designs for the properties because, you know, they see us doing really great interior designs and stuff like that. We've started doing consultation off the back of it, but for the property come um, sorry, for the property community, because it's just a great, you know, close network community of people supporting each other. So actually so many doors have opened and, you know, the, the world of properties really opened up for us. It's something of multiple streams of property income. So I, I opened up a letting agency, so I managed the portfolio in-house. I meet a lot of people. They're mortgage brokers, they're accountants, like architects. You, you almost have a separate business that you can create cash flow from to support yeah. the community, which is really powerful. And, and a lot of people miss that opportunity. So again, really key lesson for anyone listening to this is what skill set can you use to also create an income that's linked to property? So um, you clearly are like really passionate about architecture. You love architecture. Um, do you ever plan on going full time in property and giving up the architecture or do you want to continue to do the two together for, for sort of for as long as you want to do things? Um, yeah, I think you on one hand, on one hand, yes. Yeah, we want to go full time into property, but you're right on the kind of flip side. We'll be doing this. We'll still probably do the stuff that you've just talked about there where we're doing consultations and interior design for people in property. So it's still very specific in that kind of niche as opposed to um, doing the kind of commercial buildings that we, that we normally do in our day jobs. So a, a lot of people, again, starting out, I, I hear this and people say, no, but I really love my job. I don't want to go full-time in property. I love my job. So 
what, for those that love their jobs, um, what would you say to them in terms of should they, should they still do property? Can they do both? Um, how do they get that balance right? So how does the, what's the balance of your day look like, I guess? So how do you spend your day in terms of getting that balance? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it should be said to everybody that um, it's not easy and especially it doesn't start off easy. So there's a lot to learn and a lot to systemize. Um, and if, But if you're serious about it, so what we did at the beginning is we started to systemize a lot of uh, what we do. For example, so service accommodation, we started to systemize it. And with our HMOs, we are also systemized it as well. We've got a VA involved who does a lot of our data scraping, background work, um, property management work. So, you know, we can have our like pure focus is on things that we only we can do and we can kind of do in like we say, like in our lunches and sort of like some evenings and stuff like that. Just I think um learning how to be um not in your business but is working it on your business? business? Yeah, working on your business and not not in your business is really important. It's not to say that you know you should really push yourself and stress yourself out because it's only a matter of time. And when your business is young, you're definitely going to be in your business. <laughs> and um, just you know, give you you know, give yourself that time and that effort, and believe that there's a delayed gratification. It's okay. Um, to you know to be busy it's okay to 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 you know not be able to manage your time all the time um but you know the gratification is there and as soon as you kind of get your deals you see the income coming um, it's all very worth it and you know if you love your day job like Andrew was saying um, you know do it at the same time do it together one thing that's really good at do, having a day job is that it's easier to buy property it's easier to get mortgages yeah. so you know there's no need to think I have to like jump out uh, and do this full on you can take your time and then you have security there as well. I think the one thing is, it's, you know, there's nothing wrong with loving your job and, you know, by all means, stay in your job. You don't, you don't have to be full-time in property. But I think for me, it's the understanding the difference between, you know, financial security and kind of that doing doing what you love. And you want to treat your job as that thing that you love and use that property as that financial security for yourself. You want to be able to, to create money no matter what without having you to be there with your time so i'd still um, encourage anybody to get into property and build that um, secondary source of income or multiple sources of income to support them and so that their job is just something that they can enjoy and not have to worry about the roof over their head or you know putting food on the table for their kids i think you pretty much answered my two questions which one was you said it wasn't easy but was it worth it and you went but it's definitely worth it and then it was like why should people do it even if it's to create it's about creating that long-term security so yeah. i guess my next question is um how did the these training help you so i mean you mentioned that you got like the tax training the joint venture raising training the um service accommodation training how important was the education to you and do you think you'd have and the mentorship obviously do you think you'd have got to where you've got to without that sort of um knowledge and support that you've had 
No, I don't think so. We're, we're, we're advocates of training. We're, we're, we believe that you need to be kind of specific. You need to go in knowing what you want. And, you know, we, we wanted to do SAs. We went and got trained on SA. We're not, you know, so we're, we're, we're big advocates of training and we think it's definitely helped. Yeah, us I think we, we've seen so many people around us make so many mistakes. Um, and we know your story really well, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember it every time people make mistakes as well because your story was so like memorable um, and you know we see so many like of our you know like friends or colleagues or something like that getting into property and actually not knowing what they're doing and not doing things right so you know the money that we've spent on um you know, on training, but very specific training, which is what we advocate. Um, it was so helpful for us because we just haven't made the mistakes. And another thing is it gets you into the right networks yeah. and it makes you believe that you can do it. Um, just through kind of being in the networks and coming to, um, you know, uh, being part of those um, lessons and everything, you believe that there's so many um, strategies that you can do. And for example, we didn't have our first, you know, we didn't have a house or anything like that uh, of our own. And we wanted to buy our own HMO. And you have to have, you know, you have to have experience to buy your own HMO. Anyone else would have been like, okay, I'll just go buy, buy, buy to let. But we knew that there's always a different way. And if you're confident enough, you you know, you can you can go and, you know, do something else. You just have to speak to the right people, the right brokers and bring in the right people into your business. So you're able to do that. And we were in it. And I think that yeah. those kind of things are just so important. That network came from those events and meeting yeah. those people. Yeah. I also say that, I mean, I made a lot of mistakes, but I, it's not even the money I lost, it was the time I lost and the contacts and connections. And quite often it's the people you meet. The people you meet are so, so important. So um, do, do you now surround yourself, stay in touch with the, like the, the, and the people that you met on those trainings and how important is that network to you and your growth? Hundred percent. We um, we've got a guy that we met at Msopi in September who's um, looking to invest in us. So don't underestimate who you meet, Absolutely. where you meet them, um, and you know don't you know it, it can it can take time. That's been you know over two years. Well, you know that relationship's been getting built there, and and uh, they're an investor themselves, but they've got um, SaaS capital that they can't they can't use all of it themselves. So they want to look to invest in other people. So. You know, they, it, it's yeah. Don't underestimate who you're meeting and yeah. keep building those relationships. And the um, and we've got a great couple that we're fantastic friends with that we actually met at a PPN event, and you know we're going forward and doing commercial work with them. Yeah. So a PPN event for anyone listening is the Progressive Property Network, which is a networking event that's held in local towns around the country. Obviously, um, at the, uh, if you go to a website, progressivepropertynetwork.co.uk, you'll see the places where all those events are held, and there'll be one in a town near you. Get to those events, network with people, because I'll say, you, you found out, guys, and we would have said this from the first time we met you at a multiple streams event, is the money's in the room. And when we say this to people, they often go, yeah, right, sure. But the money is actually in the room. It's, a, yeah. it's your network. So absolutely. So final thoughts. I, I don't. I know you've got stuff to do, and you've took some great time out to come and share your journey with us, which is really inspiring. Um, final thoughts for anybody listening in, guys. So, what would you say to them if they were? What, what's the one? What's the one thing they should do, or what's the the most important thing 
that you would give as a tip to people who are thinking to get started in property and maybe even get restarted in property if they've attempted it before and maybe got stuck? Um, yeah, I think we touched what we touched on before, that perseverance and focusing on that one thing every day to move yourself forward, not getting overwhelmed and not comparing yourself to others, especially others who might be full-time in property. Um, it's not a get-rich-quick get scheme, but you know there's incredible wealth and financial opportunities there if you just stick with it um, and build um, build a portfolio over the years. Yeah, absolutely. And just to second that, I think um, uh, it's really important. It's easy to like follow lots of different shiny pennies. It's really important to focus on one strategy at a time and perfect that strategy and then move on to a different strategy. We mo- we started to move a lot faster when we actually realized that and did it rather than kind of focusing or getting distracted by lots of different things. So have one focus at a time and take action like whatever you do just take that action don't worry if you don't have business cards it doesn't matter go to that networking event don't worry if you don't have like a website just go to all those viewings and and taking action is just the biggest move that you can make that's awesome thank you guys for coming on obviously the last couple of years you've, your journey has been amazing um watching your progress and um, I'll be keeping a close, close eye on your progress over the coming years as well as you grow in your business. So really appreciate the time coming on here. And um, thank you very much. And everyone, you got to watch out for these two because they're going big places in property. Speak soon. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Okay.